Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and oh, the joy in my heart to have here in the studio with me today two of my absolute favorite card mates, Lupe Herrada. Lupe, how's it going? Excellent. And Stephanie Roberts, new to the podcast. How's it going, Stephanie? Very well. Glad to be here. Were you afraid that I was going to use all of your names that I learned today during our <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you learned my full name today. Was I was little, worried. It was a little bit of a rough, rainy round today, and so I decided that I was going to guess uh, Stephanie's middle name, and I got it the first try, <laughs> and so that was no fun. So I spent the rest of the next like 12 holes trying to guess her uh, maiden name, which I still didn't actually get to you don't say it yeah. don't say to, it it's a it's, bank security question i know that's why i didn't <laughs> use it me. i know i was like not gonna be like welcome to the podcast stephanie now here's how you can commit fraud against our friend stephanie anyway so stephanie being that you're new uh though we have talked about you quite a bit on this here show uh yeah tell us about how you came to disc golf and just a little bit of your disc golf backstory yeah, so I started playing disc golf because my friend Ariana, who is from St. Louis but lived in KC at a time, she came into town for her birthday, I think it was, mm-hmm. and she told me to meet her at Waterworks and made me get discs and throw them. <laughs> and I actually, my reaction was like, I'm not that bad at this. Mm-hmm. So I went home and my husband had discs as he used to play. Oh, wow, okay. So I was like, we need to do this. And yeah. he was totally into it and just kind of went from there and again Ariana talked me into starting to play tournaments because free stuff and just kind of <laughs> became an obsession from there. That's so. awesome. And how long ago was that? It was like over two years ago. It was two okay. years in May. So okay, like I'm working awesome. on my third year. Nice. So. Nice. So not that crazy long. Yeah, not very long at all. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we'll start with our first segment like we always do. What you been disking? And this will be kind of a special what you been disking because all three of us played the exact same tournament together this weekend. Yes, the we Midwest did. Amateur Championship. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I want to, of course, first give a shout out to Scott Reek. We've got a lot of good, good TDs here in Kansas City. And Scott is certainly very much one of those good TDs. Um, very well run. It was kind of a last minute thing of him taking it back over and he did a great job not really knowing uh, the volunteers he was going to have and kind of the logistics of it and we played waterworks three days in a row in slightly different layouts each day which i actually really enjoyed yeah i liked yeah, it same like, and yeah go ahead yeah i'm just surprised because waterworks used to be one of my like least favorite yeah, courses yeah but slowly but surely you know, it's becoming one of my favorites now, except when it's muddy. Yeah. yeah I still don't want to play it in the rain. I yeah. have a new appreciation for it after this weekend, but no rain, no yeah, rain yeah. there. So we had two really, really nice days. And the first day, uh, shout out to our friend and winner of the Midwest <coughs> Amateur Championship, Liz Borg Bowman, who took it down with the win. So congrats, Liz. That was awesome. Um, but she had something she needed to do Friday. So Scott put us first and then some of us were like, yo, Scott, we're totally cool. If you want to keep putting us first (laughs) in the day, which is kind of interesting, right? Because like, I've heard of this about the pro women too, that they, they actually don't always mind going first at the same time because you kind of establish a routine. Mm -hmm. And for me being a total heat wuss, (laughs) I was really excited to go at like seven 30 in the morning each day. Like give me that and the cooler temps and I'm, I'm a happy girl. Um, so we had really nice weather the first two days and then today we had like all the rain there for a while, but again, you know, silver lining, there was no lightning and no lightning delay, which I thought mm-hmm. for sure, we were yeah. get, which was awesome. Like, I think the rain just kind of calmed everything down in the sky, but yeah, it was, it was very rainy. <laughs> it was. Yeah. 
Well, and if we did have a lightning delay, there's like a heat, there was like a heat warning for this afternoon right. or something. So right. I didn't want that because yeah. I didn't want to yeah. play. Agreed. In, in the heat. Yeah. So it was really nice to just keep our pace of play going, even though it was, it was raining. Um, and I used to think waterworks was scary. Like Steph and I talked about this yesterday that we went out and played like just a few holes casually once and we were like, <laughs> and then we're like no, thank okay, you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of it was just running up and down the hills. And I also didn't really know at that point, like how to throw uphill and like mm-hmm. what discs to use and things like that. And I've gotten a lot more comfortable with that. And uh, yeah, Waterworks is great. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite courses now. Yeah, same. Yeah. Now that I know I can play it and not hate the way I play, like right? pretty much. Agreed. Like, yeah, I don't hate it that much. It's like a really fair and scorable course for women and yes. uh, juniors, anybody. Um, which is nice because it's not super long and you get rewarded for climbing hills and, and there's a lot of fun shots. I guess that makes me think of one other thing we were talking to Scott about um, after the round today that I thought was a really good point is he was talking about how he doesn't mark OB for tree lines at most of his events. And I thought that was so cool the way he described it. It makes so much sense because like if you mark the stuff as OB, then it doesn't matter if you throw four inches or if you throw 50 feet. And if you have a scramble game, but you're, you know, somebody else you're playing against doesn't, that totally negates that. Um, so I thought the OB was like really well placed and really fair too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I liked how as the layouts change, the OB change to like add an extra challenge. Yeah. But not like so bad you were like how am i gonna do this like it was doable (laughs) and it's really nice that like waterworks is such a well-developed course that there's just so many multiple pin placements and so many different ways you can play it like today for 17 right it was long but it was really the long placement for 12 because they're so close Mm -hmm. to each other safari action yep yeah and that's the thing i've learned too is i don't mind hilly courses if the holes are near each other yeah um then it just doesn't make it seem as bad so that makes a big blue valley (laughs) anyway hashtag never playing blue valley again oh you will someday we'll (laughs) get you out there that's true um but yeah we had a lot of fun out there and we'll get kind of more into that later in our topic of the week Um, but i also want to give a shout out to our new friend amanda wing she took second place she's pretty new to disc golf has a long long uh background in ultimate and it was really fun to watch her play because she throws so different uh because she throws like an ultimate player and yeah it's really interesting so interesting to watch. And then uh, Anna Hare that Steph and I played with today on the chase card jumped up and grabbed third place and kind of buried the lead that Lupe cashed in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I only got to play with Lupe that first round, which was sad times. But it was fun to watch you that first round because you, you crushed it. Won our Thank card. You. It was really awesome. Thanks. Um, also want to give a shout out to our friend Nova because Nova came out and did some cool videos. And if you are not aware... Our friend Coach Nova does have a YouTube channel, and she's got some stuff on there, um, and there'll be stuff from uh, this weekend that you can go check out. Yeah, you'll be able to see us and our friend Desiree, who's also been on the pod before. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anna, Liz, and Amanda, you'll be able to see all of us um, give it our best shot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm glad she did that. That was because that was my first time being like filmed other than like on someone's phone just for like 10 seconds. Yeah. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah. And Nova's like a ghost when she does it. Like Mm -hmm. she's really good at 
I, I didn't even notice that she was there. No, that was, oh, yeah. and I think that that's too part of how you play disc golf though. Uh-huh. You're not like, what all is around me? Right. You're like, no, totally. that's true. What's in and front of I me? was like, Nova, you know, if I'm in your shot, let me know. She's like, no, I'll work around you. Yeah. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So that was really nice. And I could totally blame her for my poor play, but I know <laughs> in my heart that that's not even like any truth to that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. That's because I didn't throw good. She was awesome. Agreed. So. That makes for a good segue because we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach Nova's red hot tip top tip. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. It's common knowledge that when you want to go far, you throw a driver. And when you want to go a medium distance, you throw a mid-range. And when you're putting and approaching, you throw putters. Nope. While a driver's slim profile helps it to go far, the truth is that with a proper throw, pretty much any disc will go far. And the way it flies on the way there is what makes it a good or bad choice for any given situation. What I'd like to suggest is this. Every third or fourth time you hit the course, leave all of your biggest winged fastest drivers at home, and even some of your longer fairway drivers too. You may get off to a slow start, but if it's been a while since you've tried this, you may be shocked at how far your mids and putters will go when they're given a proper pull on the tee pad. Depending on how well this works out, you may even question why you bag the big wings at all. If you don't believe me, go watch Paige, either one, throwing some putters and mids. They go pretty far. You may not be able to make your putters or mids go Paige far, but if it's been a while since you tried this, you may be pleasantly surprised at how far they do go for you. While you're playing this way, watch carefully to see how it is that your supposedly slower discs fly, whether they like to rise high and fall down, or cruise along at shoulder height for a surprisingly long distance, or whether they meander to one side or the other, or fly straight like an arrow. When you find yourself in the forest needing to go a long way with a low ceiling and lots of jerk branches ready to knock you down, you'll know what to throw. Oh, and one more thing. Generally speaking, putters and mids tend to stay put when they land better than drivers do. So if you need to hit a spot and stick to that spot, then say hello to your little friend. Choosing the right category of disc for the situation is tip-top but studying precisely which one disc is the very best for the situation at hand is red-hot tip-top. And we're back with one of my favorite segments. Lupe is here, so it's time for another edition of Lupe, (laughs) Is It Okay? Today's topic, abandoning your disc. Lupe, is it okay? 
It's definitely okay. Uh, I actually had to do that today. I ended up in one of those, uh, we call them nature's OBs, or at least that's where I I think I heard that from Liz. She called it nature's OB because, yeah, it's not OB on paper, but you're not going to have a fun time. And your scores aren't going to thank you for it. But especially with the rain today, um, we started at the three-minute clock, and then everybody was helping me look for my disc. And I just saw people starting to slide, and I said, nope, leave it. Don't worry about it because, one, you're already putting yourself into more danger than you should just because of the mud and because of all the brush. And, two, even if you found that disc, I'm not going down there. <laughs> because a disc is, what, 16 bucks, 20 bucks max? It's not worth a broken, sprained ankle, having a bad time, and ruining the fun of a tournament just because I wanted my disc back. It's not worth it to me, so definitely leave it. Uh, because even if you're in perfect conditions and you find it, if you're at the bottom of a ravine trying to shoot up, you are not going to have a good time trying to get out of there. Just take your just take your extra stroke and start anew. Pretend it never happened, shake it off, and move on. Those branches are not your friend. Right, because let us remind everyone and ourselves that you can always throw from your previous slide. So, Lupe, I think what happened for you today, that was a tee shot, right? So yeah. you just went right back to the tee, took your one-stroke penalty, mm-hmm. and probably fared much better than had you tried to throw Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my shot was way cleaner than than anything I could have you know, yeah. pulled out of a hat. And if you have, if you're throwing from the field and you have picked up your mini or your disc, you can make a card decision. Uh, like if there's a lost disc about, you know, figuring out where your previous lie was. But I've gotten in the habit and I highly recommend if you think there's even a possibility that you have lost your disc and are going to need to throw from your previous lie, just leave your lie there because then you don't have to worry about it. There mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a card decision. It's just, yo, my mini's back there. My disc is gone. I have a one stroke penalty and I can now throw again. A hundred percent. And I've probably left like five discs in the time I've been playing disc golf and I don't regret a single one of them Mm-mm. we should probably also point out how much lupe and i just straight up hate looking for discs <laughs> that too right. like i i mean i'm probably the worst person asked to look for a disc especially <laughs> if i have to go down or up a hill it's just not gonna happen i'll just like look under a bush or something and say oh it's not here i was playing with our friend lisa just like warming up for diva fever this year and i like just totally grip locked a thing and she's like aren't you gonna look for your disc i'm like no i have two more at home and someone will find it yeah exactly no same way. that was me in omaha with that one yeah. i think it, i forget what number hole it was at that course but it just was like this steep like ditch thing and it just was so steep and there were these like spiky weeds yeah. and it was something i have more of so i was like nah it's yeah. fine and if you're playing a tournament honestly somebody else will find it because yep. i didn't even realize i'd lost an underworld until i got back to my house and was looking for an ex- for like a second in case i needed yeah. it and you know what somebody found it it was in the lost and found box and i picked it up before i went home uh today so abandoning nice. your disc it's okay definitely <laughs> All right, we now come to our topics of the week. And Steph, I'm going to have you get us started. I'm really excited about your topic. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about volunteering. Because especially this year, I've kind of learned more and more that it's a really important part of disc golf. And people do it because things get done. But I think more people should do it because there's always a need for more. Yeah. Anything I've ever volunteered for, we could have used more people. Sure. 
Um, and it kind of, I think the first time I ever volunteered was actually last year at juniors, juniors worlds, Yeah. junior worlds. Um, and I kind of didn't expect anything from it. I just wanted to go out there and help out. And it was a really fun experience getting to see, cause it, I spotted for the final nine on the last day. Oh, cool. So I got to see like the best of the kids and, yeah. um, the DD crew out there really like hooks it up, honestly, when you volunteer. Yeah. So it was a great experience. And this year I was on the Diva Fiva planning committee. So that was cool. And then the the big thing for me this year was uh, volunteering for the wide open here yeah. in Kansas City because I just I didn't sign up for it and I just wanted to volunteer. And I kind of just joked with the volunteer coordinator, like, put me with the pros. And then <laughs> they gave me the, the UDIS coordinator right. slash recruiter position. So I was literally standing at hole one, making yeah. sure each FPO and MPO card had a scorekeeper. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, And it was funny because... I went into it being like, this is, seems like a really important thing. Are they sure I can do this? Yeah. And then when I was there all weekend, people were like, so where are you from? Like thinking I worked for you, disc. <laughs> right. And I, so it was kind of fun explaining yeah. to people like, no, I'm just here in town. Right. I, you know, know Jerry, who was the one of the volunteer, like the assistant TDs. And I was like, so here I am and I'm doing it now. Um, but then I've also noticed since I volunteered more that a lot of times when people are asking for volunteers for things, one of the first questions I see people ask is like, what am I going to get? Mm-hmm. And I kind of, two things, don't be intimidating by volunteering. Cause like with me, with the UDISC thing, yeah. if that's what I was asked in the first place to do, I might've been like skeptical of sure. if it was the right thing for me, but it just kind of happened and it went well. So like just kind of jump in feet first and mm-hmm. don't expect stuff out of it but also secret you usually get stuff out of it even if it's just lunch you'll get something usually a t-shirt or if they have discs left over um especially tournaments that are bigger and maybe they do have extra money afterwards or beforehand Mm -hmm. like when i volunteered for junior worlds we got like a t-shirt a hat like stuff to wear while we were there and we got like a dd voucher Mm -hmm. for out there and then you know, you get t-shirts and lot, like you do get stuff, free lunch, but that's just not, shouldn't be your reason for right, doing it sure. <laughs> because these, these tournaments, like even Mac, it doesn't like what we played this weekend. It doesn't happen without volunteers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't play tournaments, you've never played a tournament. If you watch Jomez Pro and they use the UDISC stats, that's done by a volunteer usually. Yeah. Um, even if you, the UDIS guys were there at the tournament, volunteers are keeping score. Um, so it's just something that I think, even though it's not playing, it's a huge part of playing and it kind of is the player's responsibility to make sure we're doing that when we can to help out with tournaments that we maybe aren't playing. Yeah. And can you, so you got UDIS a hundred percent for FPO and MPO, which was super epic. So can you talk a little bit about how you got people to do it and how you recruited and, and how you pulled that off? Yeah. So pretty much what happens is before the actual tournament, they get whoever is going to do this set up with codes to keep score on UDISC Live. So whoever's going to do it just has to download the app and it pulls it up. And there's even like a really simple training video if you really have no idea how to keep score. Um, so I just stand at hole one and as cards come in, cause they, they have to come in like 10 minutes before their tea time. Right. So that's when I kind of like hang out <laughs> and I like have the slip of paper and especially in this area, because we're so close to where they do GBO and mm-hmm. we're not too far from where they do Ledgestone. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people in this area have been to tournaments where U-Disc is there. Sure. So they see me with the slip and they know. Yeah. But some people don't. So it's just asking like, hey, would anyone want to do this? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, really, my next approach was just explaining how easy it is. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. And then especially as for MPO, as like the lead cards came up and a crowd started to gather, right. I started kind of like working through the crowd and seeing yeah. if anyone was interested. Yeah. Because um, especially like first day at Waterworks, Paul Macbeth was on the lead card. So I was like, <laughs> anyone want to do score for this? And surely like someone did want right. to do it. So. It was mostly, and a lot of times it is just the players, especially if there aren't um, spectators or volunteers Mm -hmm. or caddies. Yeah. Um, But really, it's just having the paper and asking people if if they will. Yeah. And usually on a couple cards, no one was excited to do it. But then once they realized no one was going to do it, someone was willing to do it. Because they want the stats and they want their friends to be able to watch their score from home. So Yeah. And I... You know, I can say just from this weekend, like, volunteers make such a huge difference. And I'm going to do a spot or holla. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember who was out there today. I know uh, Chad Kelly was out there. And I know Timco came after we came through. Crispian uh, and Ann were out there. Who else did just I see? After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Crows. Um, yeah. But I think it was one of the younger boys, and then um, I think Matt. Matt was out anyway, there. Anyway, so if you've played at Waterworks and you can think in your mind about Hole Four, and I really like Hole Four. Um, it's a fun shot, but if you go left, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> if you go right, you're gonna have a slightly less bad time, but still a bad time. And I know for me, just like walking up to that hole and being like, oh, there's a spotter gives me extra confidence because it's like, okay, even if I do something dumb, I'm going to, you know, they're going to at least be there to sort of tell me where it went in. And I threw that hole great this weekend. Like I threw actually kind of the same shot every time, um, which if I had like 100 feet more power would have been perfect. (laughs) Well, and I did. When it was in the shorter position on the first round, I did have a look. There was just too much stuff in my way. Yeah. Um, and, like, that, how cool is that? Like, just having a spotter there, just having somebody volunteer, like, helped me play better. And just, it it always makes me feel just a little bit more secure. Like, oh, there's people out here. It's not yeah. just me and my card wandering through the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, um, I did my first ever volunteer round at Casey White Open this year. And I was a spotter. I was on hole five and for the first two days and then on hole eight the last day. Mm-hmm. And I will say I was a lot more nervous about what I was gonna what I was expected to do than sure. what I actually ended up doing. Because mm-hmm. it's very like you can stay out of the way. I honestly had a lawn chair out there. I stayed out of the way when no one was there. I read a book. Yeah. Like it's very right. relaxed, but when right. you are focused and yes. and looking at where the disc is going, yes. people really appreciate it, especially once you notice that they can't find the disc right away and yeah. you're like, hey, just go left or go right. And they appreciate it one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, I was actually talking to the Crosbys today. What I think I'm going to do next year, because I had never played the Kansas City Wide Open before, because most people haven't, <laughs> that are amateurs and women folk. Um, well, just amateurs. Uh, and then I played the Mac last year, and it just kind of worked out that two of the tournaments I was going to go to, like out of town, I couldn't make happen, so I decided to play the Mac. Um, but next year, I'm going to use 
my PTO to really focus on playing like just as many women's events as possible. And then that'll free me up because like I don't work Fridays and I have Sunday afternoons off that now I can come volunteer for this other stuff and I don't have to like take work off, but then I'm totally going to volunteer. Cause I think like it can be easy to not realize like, what a difference you make. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of feel that way. I think sometimes when you're spotting, like I know when I was spotting for um, Pro Masters Worlds last year, it was like there was one guy that really needed me. <laughs> but like I just said, it was, it was you know, the same kind of hole at Rosedale where things can go real bad if you yeah. get off the fairway. And I'm sure that probably somebody walked up to the team was like, oh, there's a spider. I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and getting that extra bit of, of mojo, I guess. Yeah. And remember, if you if there's a tournament that you're interested in playing and for whatever reason you just can't or it fills up before you can register, like that's what I, I wanted to sign up for Casey Wide Open, but it was already full. Right. And I, I said, you know what, I'm not going to bother with waitlisting. Let yeah. me just volunteer. Do yeah. that. That way you can still spend time out there, hang out with people, meet new people, um, not necess- not just necessarily get your name out there, but yeah. you know it makes you feel like more of a part of the community. Absolutely, mm-hmm. no, it definitely doesn't point. hurt your reputation that's to true. volunteer. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, aside from just tournament volunteering, there's also course cleanup days and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, especially since we're in a major city, we have some like courses closer to the city that get lots of trash and stuff yeah. like that yeah. and need lots of attention. And I I've gone to like some at Blue Valley and honestly some all over the place. And sometimes there's only like two people there. Sure. It's like point. when we're like at a course like Blue Valley, we need more than two to four yeah. people picking up trash there. Yeah. And that's something you usually don't get anything for the mm-hmm. course cleanup days. It's just that's like true. this needs to be done. People need to do it. And there's such beautiful courses around mm-hmm. here. And I'm sure wherever you are, there's at least one or two courses that people look at, you know, weird because they're not in a great neighborhood. But if you had more of a community out there. Sure. You, you definitely be able to benefit from it. And of course, cleanup days mm-hmm. are the best way to do that. Yeah. And to kind of speak to both of your points, you know, I'm sitting here remembering back when I was like really new to the scene and I didn't really like I'd been to Divas League uh, a good handful of times. And like Rhonda Crosby just reached out to me on Facebook in 2017. It was like, hey, can you come volunteer for the Divas tent? And it was I was still so new, but I was so excited because I like felt like, oh, hey, I can go hang out with Rhonda and hang out with this new disc yeah. golf community that I don't know yet. So I think like invite new people, you know, like I think a lot of people are looking for the community aspect of mm-hmm. disc golf, too. And that's such a great chance to get to meet people um, even more so even than in certain ways than a tournament because you don't have to worry about like oh I can't talk to them right now because they're trying to throw because yeah. it's like oh no I could totally talk to you right now because we're just cleaning this place up or we're you know vending at this thing or you know whatever the case yeah. may be 100% um, it's it, yeah that's good all right good talk so I wanted to talk a little bit about my own problems <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, like, pro tip, that's why you should start a podcast, so you can just try to figure out everything that's going on in your own head. Anyway, hopefully someone can relate. So I wanted to talk a little bit about managing expectations, because I'm I'm struggling um, a little bit, like, and I, I know why, but I also think that I could have maybe a better mindset, too. So, like, I kind of came out sort of firing this 
season, like I was playing really well and I just kind of expected to keep getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, (laughs) But it it was good. Like through the, like through May, it was really good. And then I got a promotion at work, which is awesome and totally worth, even if I never am good at disc golf again, because it's fantastic. But um, since then, I, I just haven't been playing as much and I haven't been practicing as much. And like, I've kind of been going from tournament to tournament expecting to be good and then not maybe being as good. And I just, I don't really know how to balance like reality with what I should be hoping for or working towards, I guess. Like mm-hmm. it'd be easier if I just really, really, really sucked at disc golf because then I could just be <laughs> like, whatever, I'm just throwing Frisbees. But like, I know I'm capable, and so then when I don't execute on my capabilities, then I'm sad, but I'm also sad because I'm going in, like, as much as I was joking today about how I expected to, like, ace three yesterday, it's like, but I could have gotten a lot closer than I did, you know, like, I at least could have given it a chance, um... So I don't know, how do you guys manage expectations when you're going into tournaments, Steph? I try to set realistic goals, which is kind of what you're talking about, about managing reality versus what you want to do, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, Like this weekend, for example, was my first time playing in intermediate, jumping up from women's rec. Yep. So my expectations this weekend, I honestly set them really low. Right. And I also had a really hard week in my personal life. So I was like, I just want to finish, really. Yep. And with like my scores, I just wanted to stay like under 100 for each round because... Not too long ago, I was throwing for any 18-hole round over 100, sure. you know, throws. Right. And I, I met all of those expectations. Yeah. Like, yeah. I technically finished dead last in my division this weekend, but I'm still stoked because I wasn't drowning. Yeah. So, like, this weekend for me is a good example of me setting a realistic expectation mm. and meeting it. But it still is a struggle because, like, at the Omaha Ladies Open, I shot a 62 and a 65, which was, like, insanely good golf for me. Right. So that's where, like, after that, I'm like, I'm just really good at golf, and I'm (laughs) shooting 60s now. And that that is not what has happened. (laughs) Because even I won here a couple weeks ago, I won Liberty Gold, but I forget my total, like, strokes for that tournament, but it was more than even my bad round today at Waterworks. Mm. So I think it was like in the nineties somewhere. It was also you know, not in the sixties. <laughs> right. So it that's a good you know, even though I had expectations that were real this weekend and I'm happy with them. Yeah. I still recently I've been struggling with like starting to get better and better and having these like super awesome fire rounds and then that's not what you do all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Like I can't Heiser flip every T shot like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a diminishing returns thing, too, because I know, like, pro women are super bummed when they shoot under 900, and I'm yeah. like, I'll take that 80, yeah. 88, thank you, <laughs> you know, and it's, so it's like, I want to stay hungry, but I also don't want to just be, like, super disappointed mm-hmm. when it doesn't go that way, but I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Lupe? Um, I am very pragmatic about how I'm playing and I understand that I'm not playing the way I want to because I don't put the work in. Right. Um, so for me, I know that when I go and play a shot and I miss a putt, it's because I didn't go out and practice the way other people did. Yeah. Um, this month 
uh, I well, the month of July, I played golf maybe once or twice. Yeah. And that includes Liberty Gold, the tournament right. that I played. Right. Because I don't do well in weather. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's no. been very yeah. hot And it's, it's, it's right. been extremely hot. I've right. not gone out. Yep. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm like, wow, this is miserable because I really enjoy disc golf and I want to keep enjoying it. And I don't want to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, that was like where I was at too. Yeah. And again, that just goes with, I need to practice managing my expectations yes. to like just that particular skill. Cause even though I knew that and I was like, yo, Becca, mm-hmm. you need to like be reasonable about this. I'm still like, yeah, but I really definitely think that I should shoot 800 rated mm-hmm. rounds every no, round. No, 100% know? agreed. And it's just hard to like, let go of that. And, uh, I don't know, like yesterday was kind of nice cause I was just really, Cause I had to, I didn't play a good back nine my first round. And I was like, I'm just going to try to concentrate on much, like as much as possible mm-hmm. on like hanging out with my friends, encouraging them and like enjoying just watching the flight of the disc yep. and like enjoying when the disc flies well and not getting so hung up maybe on like the specifics. Um, yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I honestly like legit, like it's nice to win. It's nice to place. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. nice to maybe get some funny money, but I have like plenty of stuff at this point. And like, I just don't care really about the trophies because like, I don't, for one, I never want to like root for my friends to do worse than me. No, no, no. And it's a completely valid concern considering like the concentrated pool of women mm-hmm. that right. we play with. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I just want to play good. Like yes. if that results in something, like, I guess that's fine, but I just yeah. really don't yeah. care. That's why I like that there's things like ratings and stuff. Cause right. you can continue to compete with yourself yes. right. in your past performances. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people, it's like natural to be like, I want to win. Right. Sure. And sometimes yeah, that's 100%. just not, not going to happen. And not, it's just yeah. not. Agreed. And I'm like, not totally did like uh, disengaged from that. Right? Like, I know. No, but it's part of, real, but. it's part of having been a competitive athlete before. Right. Like you, and especially if it was a team sport, right. you kind of have more expectation 100%. because right. you're like expecting that like help and all of a sudden you're in a sport where it's just you and just you in your head Mm -hmm. and like this this round uh this past round that i just played uh for the mac you know there were a few shots where i could have made it and 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 one of my card mates was nice enough to be like hey you know you almost had it you know it sucks that you didn't i was like no i earned that like it's okay you don't have to you don't have to feel like you need to prop me up i know 100 percent that i earned that circle seven <laughs> well, but you you make like a really good point that you know I come from team sports too, and I was thinking about that this weekend as well. Like, it's kind of different when you feel like, okay, I did my part, you yes. know, like I, I helped the team, yeah. and then it's like, well, it's just me, <laughs> and all by myself trying yeah. to to throw gooder. Um, so, but it is that like the prior preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah. Thing, like, mm-hmm. and perfect practice makes perfect. And sometimes when I right. even when I practice, I don't focus on improving. I just sure. play around right. with that's my me. friends, and that's yeah. it. Because we have a basket, and so we have a basket in our house. So even weather aside, I could <laughs> right. be practicing. <laughs> yeah, same. And I just don't. There's and grass like, growing around my basket. I have to pull the weed whacker out. Like. Yeah. I'm yeah. just not using it. It's so, just all on me. And like, 
I can tell you to shout out to like the disc golf strong. And this is just part of like, I think my personality, but also like going through a season where like you come out, you know, firing and swinging and you're like, I'm going to do all these things and only drink protein shakes. And that was one of my things. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. But like, I am of an age that I can't get away with as much as I used to. And like, I was doing very minimal workouts earlier in the year, but it was really helping with like just those lingering older person things like mild uh, tendonitis and my shoulder kind of does a thing sometimes. And like, I just haven't been putting in the work. Like that really is what it comes down to. So I'm really, really going to try for the rest of the season. And hopefully since I say the words now, <laughs> I'll yeah. actually do it. Of, And again, being realistic, I'm yes. going to play one round per week and do one day of field work per week. That's 100% I think I can do that. And then two days a week. Because I was actually doing really good. Uh, shout out to the Slack channel again. Um, we've got like a little accountability group in there that we've kind of <laughs> all been slacking on a little bit because the season just got busy, but of working working out and doing that twice a week. And we're talking yeah. like super minimal stuff because yeah. like I'm not even worried about building muscle at all. I am yeah. only worried about, but I am just, uh, I'm more concerned about building flexibility yes. and endurance. That's what I was going to say, like dexterity. Like, yeah, exactly. Because I had never, I played my sports background before disc golf was just, I think, sixth and seventh grade, parks sure. and rec basketball, and then I dipped out of that. And I've always been, like, clumsy, and I'm kind of tall and have broad shoulders. So, like, with disc golf, like, finding balance <laughs> right? and, like, yes. yeah. letting go 100%. of things at the right time is, like, something I try to work on. Uh, yeah. Here we have uh, Jamie, who does the yoga for yeah, disc golf. That is amazing. Really and good. I kind of, when I am at a tournament she's at and we do things... Yeah. I kind of make note of like what feels good and yeah. kind of save that um, to help me like stretch because I'm not a warm up person before rounds, yeah. but at least stretching kind of helps yeah. like yeah. makes a big difference. And I think uh, Seth Muncy was on the Upshot or something. He said something that just like so connected to me and it's science and it makes so much sense that just do something yeah. because you need to make your brain believe that the physical activity is not going to hurt it it's not something that it needs to run away like from so yeah. it doesn't even have to be something intense or long like just doing something to wake your body and your brain up like helps so much yeah and i've i and i've noticed because i've been strength training at least for the last month yeah. um two to three times a week for 30 minutes it's not a lot when you think about it yeah i'm not eating well so there <laughs> so let's just let's just put that out there i don't eat well <laughs> Um, but I've been doing that and I did notice that one of the reasons I used to hate waterworks is yeah. because of all the hills. Right. Yes. And right. I would be, even if it was one round of playing with my friends, I was so tired yeah. afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. And with all the strength training that I've been doing recently, focusing a lot on my like uh, hinge, hinging, you know, especially mm-hmm. in my hips and squats and all that, I was able to get through waterworks, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I was trying to like focus on a little bit today too is just being able to finish is amazing and like yeah i haven't been working my body as much as i'd like to but i could get through a round at Mm -hmm. waterworks and be fine and Mm -hmm. like that's something to celebrate that's something to be stoked about you know regardless of how the throwing goes um but i just need to find how to want more and not just like hate life (laughs) (laughs) don't meet my expectations and i think maybe as i'm talking to you guys too like i I probably just need to define them a little bit better and be like super real and maybe just pick like 
one thing. Yeah, and that's what my coach has said. They're yeah. like, hey, you can't just expect yourself to work out five days a week for an hour to two hours every day. Like, set realistic goals. Yeah. Don't even say you want to lift weights for 30 minutes. Just say, I want to complete or, or, or com- you know, do physical activity for right. about 30 minutes. Whatever yeah. that is to you, whether it be disc golf, walking your dog, yeah. as long as you did it, just hold yourself accountable to maybe do it once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Try it out and see where you go. The, like accountability and discipline is a huge part. And I'm not at all saying I am good at these things. It's just I'm <laughs> in this like kind of niche fitness group on Facebook. And mm. people will ask, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you find right. motivation? And one of the girls in there is always saying, like, forget motivation that's not the word it's the discipline and the accountability Mm -hmm. that you actually do the things you want to do yeah and it's and it's just keeping in mind that it's worth it because like my personality i have to make it fun and it's pretty easy like if i'm just listening to podcasts or doing something like that that helps me get through it Mm -hmm. and that's why again i love disc golf because i like it so much that i push my body way harder than i would otherwise Mm -hmm. because i'm a total wuss when it comes to that kind of stuff so like after I played the Kansas City Wide Open and I was disappointed, I had a really good like kind of final round at Waterworks. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sign up for the Mac. I'm going to play Waterworks. <laughs> I'm going to train. I'm going to get with Nova. I'm going to do all these things. And then like life happens and then you lose that like, to your point, that motivation, mm-hmm. right? The momentum, <laughs> like, yeah. You got to know that that's going to go away. It, yeah. It's not going to stay. But like that's what's hard is like just keeping in mind okay to reach this goal i have to at least sort of try to do something about it i can't just expect to like just show up and have everything work the way and like steph said motivation is ephemeral all we have to look for all we have to really focus on is that whole oh i've been watching this netflix series for the last three hours like it asked me (laughs) am i still watching maybe i should get up and like Make sure the dog's okay and walk down to the backyard. I could like, just have that be my like reminder cue. That yeah, that's yeah. Like, like, are you still watching? Are you still oh, alive? Yeah. Hulu needs to start doing that yeah. a little yeah. sooner. <laughs> Where Amazon Prime won't let you fast forward the skip intro. That's awesome. I like it. Well, I've got three more tournaments uh, this year. I'm really excited about them all. And yeah, hopefully... I can put all these words I'm saying into effect right. and actually do yeah. the thing. Let's all write our expectations on the board and be like, <laughs> well, I didn't work towards this, so I'm not getting this. Do we need to do vision boards. Yes. You know what? It might help. I'm not crafty at all. It's called online vision board. I'm Hashtag just... Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I just going to listen back to this podcast. Yeah. Is hashtag Excel spreadsheet like a popular hashtag? <laughs> In my world, it is. <laughs> If, you, if you're more comfortable with a Google Doc, we can do that. I am a huge fan of Google Docs. <laughs> you, you got me there. Oh, no. Really wonderful discussion, and thanks for talking through that with me. And, yeah, listeners, let us know your thoughts about setting goals and managing your expectations um, in a way that you uh, have success and are not bummed. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal, right, is to keep having fun. Um, but it's okay to want to get better, too. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, some FPO talk about this weekend and upcoming worlds. And we're back. So worlds is coming up this week. So there was not a lot of FPO action going on, but I wanted to do a couple quick shout outs um, from tournaments this weekend. 
Uh, I wanted to shout out to Christine Jennings and Ellen Widboom. They were the only ones to play uh, FPO at the Madisonville Kentucky Open. And they both played awesome. Ellen Widboom won by one stroke. She shot a minus three overall. And uh, Christine Jennings shot a minus two. And I think like they both shot over their ratings and just did awesome. So Very shout cool. out to them Great. because they awesome. are radness. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Owl Ladies Open, the all women tournament Woo-hoo. that took place in Iowa. Shout out the winners there. Emily Beach won FPO. FA1 was won by Shannon San. I'm so sorry, Shannon. I cannot word good today. It was a lot of disc golf this week. <laughs> and FA50, Rhonda Crosby. And double shout out to Rhonda Crosby because she and Ben then came to the MAC today and were chilling by hole 17. And yes. how happy was I like, at the I end so of the round to be like, oh, the Crosby! I was like so excited. Same. And 17 was a good hole for me. So I was yeah. excited to show Rhonda, like, yeah. I can do this. I'm playing disco. Look, disc it flew. Anyway, Rhonda, we love you. And FA4 was won by Grace Watson. And Ben was telling me about Grace. She's a junior player and trying to get her down to the Emporia Ladies Open. So, mm-hmm. Grace and family, if you're listening, let's get you down there. That'd be awesome. She is actually a rock star because she was at the Ankeny thing. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, Fly Girls, I, Off the Chain is what they yeah, call yeah, it this year. Yeah, yeah. And they did that on Saturday, the women's tournament, and they did a specific juniors tournament right, on Sunday, right. and she played both, both if nice. I'm remembering oh right. Oh, my gosh. So, That's awesome. Rockstar. Yeah. All right. So this is the big week in disc golf because Professional Worlds is this week. Oh, I also want to give a shout out to Zach Melton and Madison Walker, who took down Pro World uh, Doubles, which is so awesome because they are fantastic, mm-hmm. obviously, and great to watch and I'm very happy for them. Uh, so, Worlds starts on Tuesday. I want to also give a shout out to our locals here. Uh, Kimberly Janola and Kaylee Kincaid are going to be out there competing, and we'll hopefully get to follow them on UDISC because hopefully whoever's covering yeah. FBO will be as awesome as Stephanie and get everybody 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you can watch FPO. Uh, Smashbox is going to be doing live Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh. And then uh, Central Coast Disc Golf will be doing post-produced for each round. So there'll be five rounds total, three rounds live. The live women's rounds will, I believe, be at 10 a.m. Central Time. Okay. So I'm really excited. Um, Last year, I was driving back from Colorado during the last round, and, like, I just had YouTube open, like, playing through my car but like i couldn't watch it because i was driving (laughs) so i was just listening to it live but um i'm excited to hopefully get some watching this year so we don't really do predictions on this podcast but we'll make an exception because why not it's a shorter podcast today so give me your fpo podium we'll do first place second place third place which i didn't warn you about but you can do this okay i'm like all right okay (laughs) i what do you got I'm going to go with Evelina on first, Paige Pierce second, and then I'm going to go with, um, yeah, let's go with who's, uh, Hannah? Oh, Hannah, Hannah Blumros? Yes. For third? Yes. I'm going to go with uh, Evelina for first, I'm going to go with Paige for second, and Hannah Bloom. Roos, Bloomers. Bloomers. I'm probably not saying it right either, but that's okay. Hey, fun fact. I took a DNA test these last few weeks, and one of the uh, ethnicity, like, ancestry analyzers made me 1% finish. Uh, then you have <laughs> no excuse. Like, unreasonably <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> anyway, all right, Steph, who you got for your podium? I'm going to say Paige Pierce for first. I'm going to go with Evelina for second, and then Kat. Alan for third. I think that's a well 
thought out podium. Do I, do I get money if I get right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should, sports we should bet <laughs> quick trip sandwiches yeah. for the winner. That works for me. So I actually have not really thought about this, but I'll go ahead and throw things out there. I'm going to go with Paige Pierce first because I just honestly 100% believe that Paige Pierce is taking first. I'll go Katrina Allen second. And just to be different, I'll say Kristen Tatar third. Mm. That's a good one. Though yeah. I don't know. Saying not Evelina and not Henna is also pretty silly. But I'm really excited that it's very much a world's world. I didn't do a check. I meant to before the podcast, but I, there's like somewhere between seven and ten different countries represented. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's which very is cool. really sweet. Yeah. So um, it should be a good time. Definitely check out the action. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, because really for a while it was almost as bad as baseball. Where right. It's like a World Series. Is, it's like you're all from America. Right. Only Canada is not in America. Right. Exactly. It, but it touches America. So it's kind of yeah. Close. I can cross over just yes. walking. Yes. True story. All right. Um, so that is our show. That brings us to our shout outs. Lupe, what do you want? Who do you want to shout out? Quick Trip for providing me with uh, <laughs> the Breakfast of Champions. Right? Uh, Quick Trip is a, uh, what is it, a convenience slash gas station. Yes. Very popular in the Midwest. Uh, big shout out to my old fave, AMPM. You were awesome too. <laughs> but yeah, Breakfast of Champions is a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant from Quick Trip and a one of the gray uh, no sugar Red Bull. <laughs> you know what? I played Red really Bull. well on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Red Bull. Thank you, Red Bull. Well, I hope does not sponsor the podcast because if they send me a case of Red Bull, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> you can always send it my way. I could, or put it in the trash. All right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for you, Lupe. I'm worried about you. Look, a lot of things in life aren't good for me, <laughs> but we do them anyway. Fair, true. very true. Fair. Steph. Who you got uh, to shout out? For shout outs, first of all, I want to shout out to the Glossy Ladies. Hell yeah. Because Woo! two of them, uh, Kat and Gloria, uh, Kat caddied for me and Gloria followed today. It was so nice. Especially since it was raining yeah. and at Waterworks, that shows a huge amount of support and yeah, I couldn't be definitely. more thankful for them. Um, other than that, just in general, everyone in the KC scene, like I could spend yeah. another 30 minutes just <laughs> listing off names. 100%. But I can't, I can't really do that. I will say that once I saw that Kat and Gloria were going to hang out with the, uh, the, with your card. Yeah. I was like, um, Jerry, can you add like five <laughs> strokes to my card? Yeah, it was nice. It, it was, was nice. nice. And then I also want to shout out my friend, Kristen, that does not play disc golf. Because not only will she come watch me play, but she'll probably listen to this episode nice. since I'm on it. So Hi, I figured Kristen. I'd hook her up with a shout out. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. New customers can use the code GUITAR at checkout for a discount. I hope you have a wonderful week. Play some disc golf. And hey, we still do have a Patreon. I always forget to mention that. But if you go to ladiesofthechains.com and click the support button, you will find our Patreon. Even more importantly, we love hearing from our listeners. Email us at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or reach out on social media. We'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.